The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new week. What better way to kick off your new week than talking about dentistry, right? So if you're new here, my name's Haley. I'm a third-year dental student at Michigan, and I host this podcast every other week. We have a guest from some aspect of the dental industry, usually dentists, but sometimes other people giving us advice on finances, careers that are not clinical, investments, student debt, all of those things. And then the other weeks, I sit down and chat with you all about things going on in my life in dental school, my experiences, my advice, so probably more applicable to dental students and pre-dental students in these episodes. And this week would be one of those episodes where I'm going to be chatting with you all. This week's topic is time management in the scope of scheduling my clinical week. Now that I'm a third year, I'm seeing patients for a lot of my week, and as the semester goes on, it's going to be more and more patient care. As each semester of dental school goes forward now, more and more patient care. I'll kind of get into the process of that in this episode, but we're going to talk about how I schedule out my week to meet our clinical requirements while also maintaining other important things in my schedule. There's definitely a lot of challenge that comes with this because the patients are real people too, so you have to try to accommodate their schedules. It's so different than showing up to lecture and lab first year, going in to practice on your mannequin whenever you want, getting that repetition, gaining that skill. Now you're working around other people's schedules and dealing with people in that aspect, dealing with clinical faculty, working with classmates, working with um, assistants, working with all different kinds of staff around the dental school, as well as I said, the biggest thing is the patients. And then we still have lectures and labs on top of all of that, plus everything that I want to do in my own life outside of dental school. So that's really the scope of this episode, how I fit it all into the week. So without further ado, let's get right into that topic. All right, so I usually start these episodes off with a recap in the intro, what's kind of been going on the past couple weeks, but since I haven't done that for the past few weeks, and this is a solo chatty episode anyways, this first segment is going to be our recap, and I don't think I've talked about anything since clinic started, but I might have talked about the first week, so I'll brush through the first week very quickly. May 2nd was our first day back from our one-week break. We only got one week off between second and third year so that monday was orientation just some axiom practice and like clinical protocol as well as our implicit bias training tuesday i jumped right in with my first two patient appointments and an assist so i was an eight to five clinic day and then i had two executive board meetings i had another executive board meeting on wednesday and one on monday so monday tuesday wednesday lots of meetings and then wednesdays is all classes so you'll kind of be hearing that For all the upcoming weeks, I'll just kind of skip Wednesdays and Fridays because we're in class and lab. We have endo lab and implant lab and then lectures for classes like pediatrics, head and neck anatomy, implants, special care dentistry, endo, fixed prosthodontics. 
are the classes we have lectures on and some of them are online some of them are in person but basically that's every Wednesday and Friday so we can't see patients at that time but I'll put a little asterisk there because there is a correction coming in a couple weeks through this recap about that and then on Thursday I assisted twice and had my third patient appointment of the week the following week I had one patient on Monday and a radiology clinic rotation just taking radiographs on patients that are being intaken into the school before they're assigned to a dental student so that was my Monday May 10th I mean May 9th and then May 10th I had an 8 a.m. appointment that turned into the assist because a patient no-showed on me but then after I'd already put them in as a no-show an hour and a half into the appointment called me and said that they were on their way were still not on their way set up everything took everything down again (laughs) and then called them and they were able to come in at 11 and the clinic was open so I ended up getting an assist credit at 8 a.m and then an patient appointment at 11 a.m. They did end up coming, so that was good, I guess. And then I had a Zoom for my elective class in orthodontics. So we do have an orthodontic lecture, I believe, at some point this semester, as well as little rotations throughout the semester, but this is an extra that I'm doing. So we have Zooms once a month and then shadowing in the grad ortho clinic once a month. Um, it's totally optional to take this class and I don't want to be an orthodontist, but it gives you a lot of great clinical treatment planning skills, radiographic interpretation skills, understanding of occlusion. And during our fourth year, if we're accepted into the next level of this class, then we get to do an Invisalign case, um, on a very simple adjustments, but our first Invisalign case through the selective class. So that's something I was excited for. And then this is where the little asterisk caveat picks up. That Wednesday, the 11th, they announced to us that Endolab is only going to be once a week and they're splitting us in half again, kind of like they did during early COVID. Not because of COVID or anything of that nature, but because of having less staff and less equipment. That way when we're in there, we can get more attention and get things done faster and not be just standing around waiting. So I actually really appreciated that. They adjusted the schedule so that we're still done with the course at the same time, but we only have to be in there half the time, but can be doubly productive, if that makes sense. So that was nice of them to recognize that things weren't running efficiently and restructure the course. So for me, since I'm an odd bench number, I don't go on Wednesdays, which means I only have class 8 to 10 a.m. Wednesdays and then 1 to 2, which freed up some time that I can assist at the 11 a.m. and at the 2 p.m. if I want to. Our schedules are still blocked off in the patient scheduling system on Wednesdays, so even though I don't have class, I'm still not allowed to schedule any patients, which is kind of unfortunate because one of the things we'll talk about later in this episode is working with patient schedules. And I've had plenty of people say, Wednesdays are best for me. And I have to say, I'm so sorry we are not able to schedule patients on Wednesdays. And usually we work around it, but it's just frustrating to not be able to accommodate them when I technically could, but it's blocked by like a weird systemic thing in our scheduling system because they thought we did have class and now it's changed. And then that Thursday, I was doing a lot getting things together for our ASDA pre-dental day. So if you're a pre-dental student listening, 
mentally, mark your calendar, July 31st, in person at University of Michigan. And this has very, very limited spots, so I will try to post the sign up on my Instagram like as soon as it's available and we're going to email it out to pre-dental clubs in the state of Michigan anyone on our contact list I think there might be some pre-dental clubs in like neighboring midwestern states but if you want to have the best chance of signing up for one of those limited spots follow my actual Instagram at Haley Schultz Dental and then I did another assist and had a patient appointment so that was my three patient appointments for the week one Monday one Tuesday one Thursday and we'll skip over Friday because it was just endo and implants again. And now we're up to this week where I'm recording. It's Monday the 16th. I had another standardized patient interaction, SPI, which are those virtual kind of teledentistry encounters that are graded with a rubric to kind of test our empathy and test our communication skills and also knowledge of whatever the subject matter is so this one was having a difficult conversation was the theme of it and then the conversation was about the patient and the patient either had HPV positive oral pharyngeal cancer or their partner did so you were kind of counseling them about risk factors risk factors that they can address that they cannot address for example being male is a higher risk factor but the patient can't do anything about that but alcohol and smoking they can control so that was kind of the premise of that I did pretty well they said I was very empathetic but I neglected to realize that eating vegetables is helpful and low vegetable intake is a risk factor I was not aware but now I know and then at 11 a.m. I assisted and 2 p.m. I assisted on Tuesday this week, I had my own patient, an assist, and then my own patient. So pretty much I'm in school 8 to 5, sometimes 8 to 7, and that's like in clinic, in class, and then I'm usually there 30, 40 minutes before that, sometimes 30 minutes, 40 minutes at the end of the day, cleaning everything up. So more like 7 to 8 some days or like 7 to 6, so very long days, and then I come home and I try to go to a workout class or I try to do a workout class in the morning if I have time. If I have a patient, I usually, I not usually, I just can't do a 7 a.m. workout class and get to the clinic by my 8 a.m. appointment, but if we have like a lecture that doesn't start till 9 or if I'm not assisting till 11, I'll take like a morning workout class or there's sometimes them at 5.30, 6, 6.30, so sometimes I'm able to fit them in, but not every day, which is what would be my goal. It's been okay, though. I'm still working on it, and I might pick up the ClassPass app as well and try to do some workouts at some other studios, see if they have times that might also fit my schedule. But I'm trying to go to the barcode, the studio that I am a member at, as much as I can because I'm paying for a semester plan that's unlimited so the more I go the more value it is to me like less price per class basically so that's a little recap on my fitness but the first and second week of clinic I was able to go like every day some days I did doubles so that was really cool but this week being the third week I was only able to go twice because yesterday I'm recording this on a Thursday so yesterday Wednesday I had a meeting five to six a meeting 6 to 7, a meeting 8 to 9, and a meeting 9 to 10.30 p.m. That one is with a lot of people all around the country, so there's all different time zones, so that's kind of why it was so late, but you can imagine there was no time for a workout class if I needed to be on camera, on Zoom, or in person 
from 5 to 10.30 p.m. So very busy extracurricular day. And that was just another day of class and assisting. And then today, Thursday, I had a patient at 11 of my own. And then at 2 p.m., I did something that I'll explain how it works later in this video, but it's essentially where I perform the procedure for a D4's patient and then both myself and the D4 get credit for it. The D4 is, we kind of flip spots and they're the assistant, kind of like a mentoring thing and an opportunity for D3s to get more exposure if they don't have as many patients with needs or just as many patients in general. So that kind of catches us up to right now. And then the reason I'm recording this on a Thursday rather than usually like last minute Sunday night is because I'm going to visit my parents in Florida tomorrow night through early next week. So I'm super, super excited to see them. It has been so long. But looking at this, it seems like this is a very long recap and I still gotta do part three and part four of this podcast. So I will wrap up this little recap here and then we will jump in to the next part, which is going to talk about how I schedule my weeks, what we're required to do, what I'm doing extra, what I'm doing outside of clinic, and how all of that somehow magically comes together to fit into 24 hours in the day with plenty of sleep. Okay, on to part three of this episode, how I schedule my weeks. So I'm just going to lay out like the facts for you guys that apply to everyone in my class and then tell you how that is affecting what I'm doing. First off being, we don't have midterms until around June like 15th, June 20th, those few weeks. So for me, I'm not really too focused on my lecture classes, like I'm present and I'm doing the work for the in-person stuff and some of the online things I'm doing kind of at my own pace, knowing that early June I'll have to be hitting the ground running and making sure I'm prepared for those midterms. The other fact is that the labs, I kind of mentioned this in the intro, for endodontics and for implants that are Wednesday afternoons, Friday mornings, Friday afternoons. Those are done, I believe, like June 26th. So the last week of June and then after our one week off in July and in August, so the rest of summer term from the end of June onward, we're allowed to schedule patients all day Friday or we can be assisting or we can be doing those same days, which I will explain. So that's really great. And then the other rules for us third years is that we are limited to scheduling three appointments per week but you can have extra appointments if they follow certain guidelines and timelines is probably the most important thing to emphasize there. So the timelines and bonus appointments, one of them is an example of what I did today. That same day is what we call it, which is where a fourth-year student has a patient with a single-day procedure, so this doesn't apply to crowns and dentures, RPDs, anything that's multiple appointments, but a single restoration, like a cavity prep and fill, profies, exams, those things can all be shared, essentially. So the way it works is the fourth-year gets consent from the patient, of course, and then we tell our patient care coordinator and the patient's appointment, treatment note, the procedures all get completed under my name as a third year, and then the fourth year goes into their profile and puts the treatments under their own name, like the fourth year's name, 
and then the faculty swipes it under their name and then swipes it under the patient's name through my profile. And then the fourth year also gets an assist. So the fourth year is getting an assist credit and the appointment credit. And then I'm getting the appointment credits. And why do these credits matter? They are credits required to graduate. So we have a certain total number of credits required to graduate. And then we have test cases required to graduate. So certain things we have to do for perio, certain things we have to do for pros, certain things we have to do for oral medicine, for radiology, for restorative. So all of that is separate things that, of course, when you're doing those procedures, you're also getting procedure credits, which we call CEUs. So clinical education units, CEUs, I'll probably use that a lot in future episodes, so probably be good to make a note of that. But you get CEUs while you're test casing as well. So all of that totals up to hopefully meeting your graduation requirements. And that's why it's beneficial for fourth years to work with us. If it's something that they feel competent in, then it's really great for them to mentor us through it. But if it's something that they want more practice in, there's never the expectation that they'll let the third year do the procedure if they're still trying to become proficient in it or want more practice or the patient doesn't consent are all circumstances where I as a third year would just stay an assistant which happens very very often I'm assisting several times per week and this is the third week of clinic and it's my first time same day and it was just on an exam in profi so it wasn't even restorative or anything and then the other way that you can get extra appointments over your three is to use a 24-hour rule. So basically, if a chair is available 24 hours before you want to bring the patient in, then you can schedule the patient at that point. Within the next business day, the staff at the school has to approve it, and then you can call the patient and be like, hey, we found you a spot, and then they come in like a few hours later the next day. So I haven't really been utilizing that because I try to schedule people out in advance and I just don't think that works for most patients. Like there's a lot of elderly patients, maybe they have to find rides or take time off of work. So there's only a few circumstances where that would be okay. Probably only really going to use that for like family and friends that are coming in for exams and cleanings and everything because to them it's like not a big deal if they have to come a different day or something. But I believe we can do two of those per week. So if you did that every week, you could have five. I've never done it at all yet. So I don't have much to say about it, but I know people are. And then we also have those required classes and labs I told you about. So pretty much all day Wednesday and currently all day Friday, we're not allowed to be treating patients. So it limits how many times or opportunities exist for us to even schedule people to meet our requirement of three per week. Another thing that we need three times per week is our assists. So assists are second years, third years, fourth years that are helping whoever the care provider is. So I could be assist, I could be the provider and then there could be a second year, another third year or a fourth year helping me. Mainly our assistants in our dental school clinics kind of just suction or hold the gauze or like type things up when you're telling them what to type or like do your enter your perio chart when you're going around and probing like little things it's not so much like this instrument okay next this this instrument if you're doing restorative it is a little more interactive like the assistant will hand you the bond they'll they'll light cure they'll hand you the instrument that you want next if they know the procedure well enough to do that but Our assisting is more like 
a little bit active shadowing. <laughs> like it's not the same at all as like forehanded dentistry that you see in a private practice by any means. And it's very common to not have assistance during your procedures because usually once people meet their requirements, they don't want to be in there. And fourth years have very low assisting requirements. So the only way you're probably going to get a fourth year to help you is if you directly ask them in person, directly message them, like you're actually friends with them. Otherwise, they're usually not going to just be standing around clinic trying to help people because they have a lot more patients than us, a lot more to manage. They might be applying to residencies, applying to jobs, doing all these different life things that they just don't have the time. They don't think about it. So you really have to be proactive if you want a fourth year to help you with a procedure. But honestly, I feel very comfortable and happy when I even have my own classmates, us third years, assisting me because I feel like they know a ton too and my colleagues in my class, they're just really great and they might have done a procedure that I haven't done yet and can help me and vice versa. So I'm always willing to help people, especially if they ask me. And at this point in the semester, because we need to do three assists per week, which equals 45, which is a lot for context past semesters we've had five and then (laughs) the start of d2 we had 12 then we had 15 then we had 16 and then now we're third years and it's 45 so that's a really big jump but it's okay I love being in clinic and sometimes it might be boring or stressful but most of the time I really do love it and even in those appointments that have those dull moments there's always something that I gain from it so I do really appreciate the opportunity to be in clinic. I'm so glad that we're able to be seeing patients, treating patients as much as we are. I wish that I could schedule more than three appointments per week without all these different caveats and rules but it's okay. (laughs) I'm like I said grateful for what I can do and my patients themselves have been really really awesome. I've only had that one patient that no-showed, and then they still ended up coming in later in the day, so I really can't complain. I've had classmates whose patients, they really can't get in touch with anyone, or they schedule people and they don't show up. They've only seen a couple patients of their own because people keep not showing up, so I'm very grateful for my patients and the connections that I'm starting to form with them, and I think that once they come in and meet me, hopefully they like me and they're willing to keep coming back for their future appointments. So the other thing that I have to put in my week throughout those days of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is I'm trying to fit in those workout classes that I mentioned in the intro as well as clubs, club events, extracurriculars, all of that. And it's a lot with the, as a position, I just really try to help out anyone and everyone in positions if they are studying for boards right now, studying for residency exams, have a lot going on in their personal life, like different people on our committees like have times that they're really helpful throughout the semester and then times that they let me know like, hey, I'm not going to be as present and that's okay. I'm just grateful that they're like communicating that with me. But it's those times when then I am taking on part of their roles and responsibilities to making sure whatever events that we do annually or that we want to put on for our members still happen. So that's been pretty busy with ASDA, a little bit with AAWD, and then still pretty busy with Christian Dental Association. And I've been loving everything. It's been super, super, super rewarding. 
And I'm just really excited for fall to come. We're even thinking about fall activities already. And we're so excited for the incoming first years class of 2026 to start at Michigan. They start June 20th. So we've got a lot of events planned for them across the different clubs that I'm in and just through like school-wide student council. And we finally get to do a school-wide bar crawl. There's always like a D1 welcome bar crawl, but we never got one because we started peak covid and we're doing school totally online. So I think we're all going to go this year too and hang out with everybody. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I think that kind of explains to you guys how I have to schedule my weeks. I pretty much have been calling all my patients like that's already taken care of. I started with about, I would say like 19, 18, 19. And then I have two like personal friends that are on my patient list on top of that but I don't really count them because they're not going to really have treatment needs I don't think they're just coming in for like exams and cleanings and then probably getting taken off of my roster after that but most of my patients have been responsive I think there's like four or five that have yet to reply to me so I'm going to call them a couple more times and if they don't respond then we have like a different series of messaging that we send them there's like letters and warning letters like do you still want to be a patient at the school kind of thing and from there if they don't they can kind of like pause their account at the school if they're waiting till they have more finances or they can delete it if they're no longer interested and then there's also a place to request more patients online so I do that as well the school filters all the new patients and then assigns them to students based on what you request so like I requested any new patient in restorative. I requested a complete denture patient through prosthodontics. So it just kind of lets you put in requests if none of your patients have needs for your different test cases or if you want to be doing more of something and none of your patients have that currently, you can request for one of the new patients coming into the school to be assigned to you. So I'm just kind of in like a in-between phase. I sent in my first patient requests yesterday. I just told you what they were, only two of them for now, because I want to stay on the good side of my patient care coordinator, PCC is what we call them, and I don't want to look like I'm ungrateful for the patients that I have or overlooking their needs, because I still have, I think, three or four patients that are coming in to see me the first time in the next like two weeks, and then after that everyone coming back is like returning for a profi that I didn't do or I have two tiny 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 restorations and they're not even caries removal there's just fixing an aesthetic concern of a patient's incisal on nine that they don't like and then the other one the lingual groove of a composite on 14 fell out so I'm gonna re-put composite in there but basically not much to do I do have two crowns for a patient, assuming all goes well, that will be happening in July. Actually, I think it'll happen in late June, and then I'll deliver the crowns in July. But the patient like fractured the cusp off of this molar, so I can't just do like a putty stent or something. I'll have to take impressions, pour up models, put them on the articulator, and build up the cusp with wax, and then make a stent from that because... If there's no cusp and you make a crown, it's going to be way too low. It'll like be as if it was fractured off already. So I have to kind of figure out the patient's bite and then make 
a tentative cusp of that. That way the crown can be high enough. And then if it's too high, once I seat it, I can always trim it down. But that's like my biggest case so far. I don't have anything going on for prosthodontics. I have like a denture adjustment next week. But and then my other case that is not exams and profies is a digital bite splint scan that I'm also doing next week for a test case my first test case I don't really have anything else I can test case as of now other than that I can probably do my health history test case on my boyfriend when he comes in in July or August hopefully but other than that I can't complete any test case with my current patient situations I'm hoping to do Um, some same days of any restorations if any of my d4 friends will let me that way I can do a cavity prep and fill that would be great but I'm just grateful for the patient pool that I have and that they've been responsive that I've been able to fill my three appointments per week get my three assists per week so far I mean it's only the first month and the first month isn't even over yet so I feel like I'm off to a pretty good start and the last thing I want to talk about in this episode in part four if you will is dealing with time burdens or stresses that come with this clinic schedule management because there are definitely things that make it harder than just this patient comes in at this time yay it's it's never that simple okay the last thing I want to talk about for part four like I said the stresses and annoyances and challenges that come with patients sure you've heard about all of this before but I still think it's useful to hear it from me maybe is the cancellations that's one thing but the no-shows those just those are so disappointing and like I said that one day I set up the cube for my 8 a.m appointment 8 805 8:15, 8:30 rolls around okay at this point I'm going to call him. I texted the patient at like 8.15. No response. So then I called them. No response. I'm like, okay, they've got to be sleeping in and missing this appointment. And then because of that, I took everything down and then put them in as a no-show in the system. Then they call me as soon as I finish literally throwing out like the last piece of the setup. Hey, sorry, I did oversleep can I still come in? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, will you be here soon? We still have an hour and a half. That's plenty of time for just the cleaning. And then he says, yep, I'll be there. So I go and I pick all new stuff up, set everything up again, because all of this is disposable, like you can't reuse it. So I set everything up again, put up all the barriers, do everything. Nine o'clock, 9.30, 9.45. This appointment ends at 10.15 call the patient again hey like are you here and no not there yet I'm like okay well the appointment ends in 40 minutes I don't we won't have time to get to your profi because of like the patient checks like we could start it then finish the rest at 11 or you could just come in at 11 are you available and the patient's like oh yeah like I can come at 11 and I was happy about that but also you can imagine how disappointed when I put everything up again, all new stuff, and then had to take it all down again and then finish my runner assist. But that's just one example. I really just felt all the feels. You just like, excited for your patient appointment, so disappointed. Oh, like excited, but a little annoyed, so disappointed again, frustrated. But then it, like it did all work out. But the no-shows, they really, really 
they take you on a roller coaster of emotions because you're just like, why didn't they tell me that they weren't coming? Even if they canceled like the night before, like that's still disappointing and you probably can't fill the spot, but at least you don't get up, set everything up, like waste all the equipment. But I did, I did have to do that. So that was a tough situation. But the other thing is obviously just the patients that cancel. So the question here is, how do you prevent that? How do you prevent them from not showing up? How do you prevent them from canceling? So preventing them from canceling is just trying to schedule an appointment that accommodates their schedule in general. And to also let them know if they can't make it, that's totally fine. But to let you know at least a few days in advance, because we only have limited appointments and it makes it really hard for other students to schedule their patients and you would like to find someone else to fill that spot. So if you have a good relationship with them, they can respect that. And I've had people let me know like well in advance that they need to change their appointment date. And that's really not a big deal. But avoiding the no-shows, the question is like how often do you call to remind them or text to remind them depending what the patient prefers. And for me, I've been trying to text them a week before because some of these I scheduled like in April right when I got my patient list. And then I've also been trying to text them the day before because apparently our school sends them like an automated phone call message two days before. So I don't want to call two days before or text two days before and like annoy them. So I do one week before and then the day before. And if I hadn't heard anything from them, you still have to honor their appointment and assume that they're coming, but you kind of go into it like, I don't think they're going to show up if they haven't responded to my attempts to confirm the appointment. And you don't want to say like, hello, you have an appointment at this time, period. You want to say like, hi, so-and-so, just confirming you're still able to make our appointment on this date and time. That way they know that you're expecting a response. And the next thing is patient dialogue and building relationships. I kind of talked about that with like connecting with your patients and building that trust, building that respect, because you're a brand new person to them. Like you have to earn their respect, you have to earn their trust, um, and you have to treat them well. And despite whether things might frustrate you or confuse you or not make sense or just any different opinion that you may have about what this patient encounter is like you still need to treat them all exceptionally well and with a friendly attitude and with grace and assume that this could be someone's worst day so you don't want to be judging people in a vulnerable position at the dentist when they might be very apprehensive and uncomfortable maybe they've had really bad experiences before or maybe they're just having a bad day so I always try to remind myself of all of that but like I mentioned earlier in the episode I've been super lucky my patients have 99% been like so pleasant and awesome considering again a lot of people hate the dentist and the school is like three times slower than private practice so it's just very different dental experience but they're coming here for a reason they're all patients that the school has had for a while and they were passed down to me from my student that graduated so now a new dentist that graduated their fourth year so they know how the school works like they're not gonna get super frustrated with the waiting or with The faculty checks because they're used to it. They're coming here for a reason, whether it's financial. Some people have insurance and could go somewhere else, but they like that you're getting multiple faculty checks. You're getting all these amazing dentists taking time to sit with you, to explain things with you. Like some people's frustration with dental, with healthcare, is that they feel like they're not understood. They feel like they're not listened to. They feel like they are 
told this is what's wrong this is what you need to do period they don't really feel like they have autonomy or understanding and they don't feel empowered to make their own healthcare decisions so that's something that's very important to me in general with my patient communication is as much education as I can obviously as a student I'm still trying to learn as well so that's where the faculty are so helpful I can ask them questions like how would you handle this situation how do you like to do this certain procedure Um, what kind of treatment plan options would you offer when we have this presenting in a radiograph like I'm still learning so I try to get as much information as I can so over time I can hopefully be a better educator to my patients and make them feel empowered and in the know of what's going on with their own body and their own mouth. So that's its own kind of subject, like building relationships with your patients. Because during these like first exams, they're so slow. Like you can be waiting five minutes, two minutes, but you can be waiting 30 minutes for a faculty check. It just depends how busy they are. And like, if you're picking a popular faculty that people like to work with, you can be waiting a long time. So you have to be able to kind of make chit chat, make small talk with your patients. And it's a really good time to get to know them during that downtime. And you can kind of see what topics they like talking about. They kind of get that little like twinkle in their eye. Like maybe you're talking about their grandkids. Maybe you're talking about sports. Maybe you're talking about their job if they're really passionate about it or hobbies that they have or things like that so I've been trying to do that it's definitely a skill the small talk the chit chat but hopefully I'll also get better at that and then the other thing is like working out the timing so I said you can wait a long time to see faculty so do you wait to request the faculty till you're actually ready for them or do you request them when you're almost ready because you know it's going to take a few minutes anyways and by the time they get there you'll probably be done those are like your two options and I do a little bit of both depending on how long the list is depending on what I'm doing like if they got there and it wasn't done would they be really mad or would it be like okay (laughs) so it kind of depends what I'm doing and you have to know the different faculty and know your own speed know what you're doing and if it's okay that it might be in progress when they walk over or not like if you call someone over when they have a really long list to check out and then your note isn't done and you're still finishing your cleaning they're gonna leave and then you're gonna go back to the bottom of the list anyways so it just kind of depends how prepared you are and like what's done and what isn't and then the last thing I wrote down to talk about with the challenges and like stresses of managing all this is finding assistance especially now that I'm like a third year and there's a lot of things I don't know I'm fine with exams profies whatever I honestly feel okay with restorations even though I haven't done any on patients yet I'm just not comfortable with prosthodontics at all for the most part like crowns are one thing but I'm talking RPDs and dentures so I try to have fourth years assist me but they're always like on rotation or not available or they have their own patients so it can be really hard to find assistance even in your own class that you want to work with because everyone has their own patients everyone has different little rotations and things so it can be challenging and make it stressful if you feel like you're going to go into this appointment kind of not knowing what's going on like we can reference our old lecture materials and things which I do but that only helps so much it's not the same as like a real world scenario and Each one, I know I'm going to understand more and be more prepared for the next one. And like, that's why the faculty's there. But I'm telling you, the faculty are so busy 
that you feel really bad if they have to walk you through the entire procedure because they don't really have the time to do that. They can help with a few things, but they can't do the whole thing for you because that's not what school is for. So you do have to know a bit or like have someone assisting you that can kind of tell you what to do. So that's another thing that makes appointments and scheduling a little hard because if you like need, need, need a fourth year there, then you have to see what's available for the patient, but also ask this fourth year like when they don't have patients when they're not on rotation when you can schedule this patient and then hope it works in your own schedule too so it can get hectic but that is all the stressors i probably shouldn't have ended on a stressors like negative note so i'll round it off with a happy thought that things are going really well for me in clinic i know it could be really bad and worse and i would say it's pretty chill pretty solid it's not like out of the ballpark, so amazing, so many cool things going on. It's pretty like business as usual, which I think is something to be grateful for. So that is everything for this week's episode on time management with dealing with the clinic situation now as a third year. So next week, we're going to have another guest. Let me see who it is. It is Dr. Josie. She just graduated from Marquette's Dental School, and she is awesome. She's starting a program for dental students, pre-dents, called Decode Dental. Well, she already started it, but great website, blog, Instagram to check out, and she's a YouTube channel. I've been following her since long before I started YouTube and podcasting myself. She's one of the OGs, dental students, that was doing the whole social media thing, so you guys will love it. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you all next Monday. I will talk to you then.